watching all movies with Rebecca and Jason. Are you gonna love them or hate them? Here comes the binge. Hey everybody, welcome to the binge in which a couple of homos review the latest movies. I'm Jason Leroy. And I'm Rebecca Larte, and today we have three new releases. The Good Nurse, Bodies, 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 and Emily the Criminal. And as always, we're going to rate these movies on a three-tiered scale, with Binge It being our highest rating. Consumer moderation means it's okay, but it's kind of meh. And Send It Back means... Life is too short for that mess. Jason, <laughs> what's up with you? Well, what's up with me is that, guys, you are hearing history being made right now because Mommy Jason and Daddy Rebecca are what? In the same room. <laughs> For the first time since February 2020. Wow. Uh, right now, Rebecca and I, we are taping this in the same room. And, uh, and fitfully and fittingly enough, um, we are both sick. Uh, so uh, I got sick moments ago. Yeah, mere moments ago, literally moments before the show began, Rebecca began to come down with cold-like symptoms, which she most likely got from yours truly. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is why we stayed apart. Yeah, I think we, we, are, we are having a real-time cautionary tale um, come to life right now, and this is why this is the also the last time that mm -hmm. <laughs> Rebecca and I will be recording in person or seeing each other or seeing each other. It's the last time Rebecca's going to be in my house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, like I said, lots of history being made right now, <laughs> good and bad. Uh, I feel like this is also the first time that I've been looking at Soul while mm. taping the show. She did offer to leave the room, um, but we have uh, kind of insisted that she stay. Yeah. Um, and now she's kind of a hostage of the, of the show of sorts. <laughs> uh, if you can make her laugh out loud in the back, that would be a real treat. <laughs> that would be a treat. We'll see. We'll see where the day takes us. Um, but yeah, here we are together. Um, we've had a very fun up until now Halloween weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it's taken a turn for the... Yeah. Uh, runny nose. It's taking a traditional Sunday afternoon turn for the worse, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. because nothing good ever happens on a Sunday afternoon. No. Um, and you know that it's time to pay the piper uh, for the yeah, for the fun yeah. that we've had this weekend so far. So far, we started out. We saw our friend Heidi's band. They it was a it was a little house party show where all the bands did cover bands, which is always a fun Halloween weekend treat. Mm -hmm. We got to see Heidi play the drums on a great set of songs originally performed by Hole. So mm -hmm. that was a dream come true. Mm -hmm. And then we saw uh, one of our favorite bands, Always, last night at the Wiltern. And, uh, and you and Soul got to raid um, our considerable uh, past Halloween costume resource <laughs> closet. <laughs> it, was, it was like going into a spirit or a party city. It was really uh, impressive. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Guys, much, much fun was had with many wigs. Oh, many it was a wigs. montage. Yeah, wigs, fanny packs. Um, Rebecca discovered something that she calls now a front wig. What's it really called? <laughs> it's just it's clip-on bangs. Ah, that's what it is. <laughs> clip-on bang. That's you know, isn't that that's a, lot, it's a mouthful compared to front <laughs> to wig. just front wig. Front wig is more intuitive. It paints and a picture. It does, and that picture looks like a merkin. Um, <laughs> and clip-on bangs, in theory, could also be used as a merkin. Uh, so, but yeah, and uh, it's been it's been it's been a good weekend. Um, oh, you had you and Scott had a costume. We did that uh, made us feel like we were hanging out with celebrities. Because every time like people would see you and they were like, is that? 
Oh my god, that costume's so great. Once again, you you two knocked it out of the park. Well, thank you. And thank you for helping us with our, our photo shoot. Uh, guys, Scott and I this year uh, dressed up as... Uh, uh, well, we dressed up as uh, characters from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, we dressed up as iterations uh, inspired by uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Michelle Yeoh's characters when they are in the Hot Dog Hands universe within, within the film's multiverse. And uh, and we we wore that costume to both nights, to both um, mm-hmm. the house party on Friday and the Always Show last night, and um, it was received well at both, particularly at the Always Show. And uh, and now Rebecca is learning big A twenty four crowd there, big A twenty four crowd at the Will Turn to see Always. Um, and now Rebecca is learning the lesson that many people do after hanging out with celebrities, which is that ultimately it's not worth it; it just leaves you sick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> This is why we don't come to L.A. Yep. <laughs> City of dreams. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's been a fun weekend. And now Rebecca and I just got to watch our first movie tonight together. Uh, it's our first time watching a movie together and going right into a review of it in, again, uh, probably almost three years. Yeah. Let's uh, see how it, let's see how it works in person when I, um, I'm actually paying attention. <laughs> the first movie is The Good Nurse. An overburdened ICU nurse leans on her selfless new colleague at work and at home until a patient's unexpected death casts him in a suspicious light. Your girl. Eddie Redmayne. (laughs) (laughs) There were definitely moments in this movie where Eddie was was serving the same angle as he served in the Danish in the Danish Mm -hmm, girl. mm -hmm. I almost Mm -hmm. said the Danish nurse. Uh, there, there, there is one moment in particular where he is sort of um, reclined with his hand placed Over just his face, so right. on, on his on his face, and uh, and then he is he is giving. Mm-hmm. He is he is Eddie is giving mm-hmm. uh, uh, in this profile shot. Uh, so I, I really I, I was really um, yeah reminded of that performance by uh, by by him in this film. And, you know, ultimately, I feel like it undoes the uh, attempt to, um, you know, establish that men can be nurses, too, by having him lean on his most female performance uh, to to channel for this character. He's like, okay, what do I got? Male nurse, male nurse, male nurse. (laughs) Okay, the Danish girl. Yeah, Yeah, that's Danish girl. Close enough. Um, And uh, in this film, speaking of Danish, um, is a real treat. No. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it best in the morning with coffee. It is. Uh, it's directed by uh, somebody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go home and let's try this again. My phone. If I'm quiet, it's because I'm just staring off into the sky, trying not to breathe, or trying not to <laughs> sneeze. Um, so, yes, uh, this movie is directed by uh, Tobias Lindholm. Um, mm. who is uh, actually a longtime collaborator of Thomas Venterberg, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he did a screenplay for Another Round, uh, oh. the Mads Mikkelsen mm-hmm, film that mm-hmm. won Best Foreign Language at the Oscars during the, the COVID Oscars, and uh, and which we are huge fans of. Huge fans, huge fans. And uh, you, you could definitely feel that that kind of Danish, Scandinavian, uh, you know, I'm conflating a lot of countries right now, but um, <laughs> I'm going to go with it. Um, you can feel that kind of, um, that, that that minimalist, chilly uh, approach in the mm. filmmaking here. I think especially in the, um, in the sections around the, the police investigation, uh-huh. it feels very European television cop, like um, procedural 
Yeah. Very absent of things like computers and notebooks and just little little accessories. Very very stark. A lot of walls. Speaking of computers, <laughs> there, there's there, there's a line reading in this movie uh, that really uh, laid you and soul out. <laughs> it was delivered by Academy Award winner Jessica Chastain, and that's why that's why you know she deserved it, and that's why she's one of the greats. She um, just has this great line where she's explained to these cops that this prescription delivery machine is a computer, and she says something like, "Well, it's a computer. <laughs> it's." Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. So we well, want to talk about what this movie is about? Well, it's a computer. <laughs> uh, Wait, like, of course we understand her tone, but also we have not seen one in no. the movie up until this point. So we no. understand that they don't, might not get it. We were really puzzled by the general tech uh, uh, world in which this film existed because it takes place in 2003. Oh, it's also a, based on a real story. And this is based on a true story. Um, and it's taking place in 2003. And there are there were many moments throughout the film um, in which the three of us would wonder aloud, "Whither Google? Right? Wherefore art thou, Google?" Um, and there's also, I, did you notice that at one point Jessica Chastain says to Eddie Redmayne, "Like, oh, I'll text you." Yes, yes. That's 2003. That makes yeah, sense. But what were we saying? Text then? Like, was, it, was it more like we were pal page you? <laughs> <laughs> I'll beep you nine one one. It might be text. It wasn't. That's it's post beep. Yeah, we were texting yeah. in two thousand three, but I didn't, it's I didn't a, get a cell phone until like two thousand four. So I was, you know, well, and, and and it was like I guess you could text, but it was like challenging back then. You had to like press the number buttons a bunch of times to get the right letter you wanted. Yes, and all that stuff. Um. So yeah. So point being, um, it's about this guy, <laughs> <laughs> and it's called the Good Nurse. You don't know whether the Good Nurse is Jessica Chastain or Eddie Redmayne. He's, I, I'm still not sure which one they meant. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it's hard to talk about the premise of the movie without giving away what it's actually about. And the funny thing is when I looked up the IMDb synopsis, it like said very bluntly, basically it, it reads you the title cards at the end of the movie. Oh, okay. Um, for like what the movie is about for like the log line. Um, I mean, I think if you know if it's based, that it's based on a true story, yeah, you, you kind of get an idea of what's going to happen. Yeah. Otherwise... It probably wouldn't be a true story that was able to tell. Right. And it's specifically a true crime story. Um, and uh, yeah, and as we're as we're mentioning, it's it's um, told in a very sort of uh, yeah, just minimalist. Like it's 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 <laughs> I think they had the same lighting team as House of the Dragon. Um, <laughs> because boy oh boy, the nary nary a sunny scene in the whole like yeah, no. like we it's like the close every shutter kind of movie if you mm-hmm. want to see even a hint of someone's face. I mean, the movie takes place uh, in a, like a four-month period in New Jersey. Um, clearly, it looks like winter. Uh-huh. So it's very daylight savings. It's very, um, uh, yeah, winter month, winter's bone, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jessica Chastain plays, so she plays this nurse who is also suffering from a, from a heart condition. And that that really is this extra layer of tension that we're feeling. Again, it's over this four-month period. She, we're waiting four months because that is when she will have been working at this hospital for a year and is eligible for health insurance. She could also kind of have a stroke at any moment. <laughs> yes. She's a real house of cards, this one. Um, she is a ticking time bomb. Um, and Jessica Chastain 
does a very good job uh, making you viscerally feel um, that she could just, her chest could explode in any second. Between her acting and the plot of the movie and Eddie Redmayne's acting, um, I, I really felt like there was an elephant on my chest the yeah. whole time. This movie was tense. It turns out that was just the cold setting in. Um, but right, right, right. But yes. I was like, I felt lightheaded. My right. nose felt tingly. <laughs> Curious My scratching throat. My throat was itchy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, this movie does uh, do a good job simulating a cold coming on. Um, but yeah, no, it, she really. I I was finding myself like reminding myself like breathe, breathe, me, me breathe. Me the same, same. I was I was all wound up. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. It's you really, and then she makes these curious choices at times, such as bounding up flights of stairs, right? Where you're mm-hmm. just like, madam, madam. There's no way. Your ticker, please. You have two little girls at home. There's no way. Yeah, the stakes couldn't be higher in this situation. This woman is is really on the verge um, of having uh, a stroke. She has two kids. No one else to take care of them except her friend, um, played by Eddie Redmayne, um, Charles Cullen, her friend mm-hmm. nurse, who's really kind of her lifeline um, as far as taking care of, of the kids, helping taking care of her, um, getting her through these four months until she can... So the having the insurance unlocks the surgery that she needs for her heart. Right. And uh, and the movie does... Uh, you know, it also... I found it very believable the way it depicts their friendship sort of springing up. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, in, in the sort of world of... Um, I mean, the things that uh, nurses have to go through in their shifts and just be long punishing shifts dealing with life and death every day um, you know just finding ways to connect and blow off steam together you mm-hmm. know like I thought it would really it sold that in a believable way um, but it also I mean it, it, it doesn't go to it doesn't have to say that it's critiquing the American healthcare for profit system right um, but it certainly makes you once again ask like why do we do it this way um, there's a scene where she goes to um, you know an appointment because she's in addition to not having insurance um, she's also desperately trying to hide her condition from her employers right. at the hospital because she feels that she worries that they will fire her um, which, of course, I mean, technically, I think there's laws that are supposed to prevent that, but, like, they can come up with their own reason. Like, I think that she knows, like, employers can get away with murder. Um, and they go hey find, find, <laughs> find some ulterior reason, as we later see happen uh, uh, right. uh, in, in a different context in the film. But, um, so, yeah, yeah, she goes to some doctor's appointment. We see her kind of go in and go out really quickly and then get a bill for $980 mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that, you know, she has to split across multiple credit cards. So, um, definitely... Uh, uh, you know, a film that ultimately feels like a critique not just of the American for-profit healthcare system, but of hospitals at large. Yeah, and the uh, maybe the American legal system. American legal system. I mean, it basically talks about hospitals like they're the Catholic Church. I was going to say this gives me spotlight vibes yeah. for sure. Yeah, spotlight vibes, um, because you know we we find out pretty quickly that Eddie Redmayne's character has worked at many different hospitals um, in a relatively short span of time in the previous few years. At the end of the day, it's you have this sort of wild card, loose cannon, and then you know who will stop him? Mm-hmm. A, you know, a well-funded uh, system of professionals with you know sort of endless resources, or mm-hmm. a single mom <laughs> uh, who is uh, could have a stroke at any moment. Mm-hmm. Um, who will take this on? Who will who will who will solve the problem? Exactly, 
And she's so close to being able to be that Reba lyric too, like single mom working two jobs, loves her kids. Uh, <laughs> it's real close to being testing in this. Although I did notice, similar to Netflix's Woman in the Window, they have done the same thing again, where they have cast two genders, but they've made one of them blonde. Oh, mm-hmm. you got Adam in the window when you had Amy Adams and Julianne Moore, and they made Julianne Moore blonde. And this, they take Eddie Redmayne and Jessica Chastain, mm-hmm. and they make Chastain blonde. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although, which I believe is actually her natural color. She's naturally a blonde. She's not a natural redhead. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> so really hard hitting. Once again, with the spotlight vibes. You know, yeah, I, we're we're ex- it's, it's an expose edition of the binge. Um. So Jessica Chastain, very convincing, uh, in terms of like the physicality she brings to this performance. Uh, Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne. Um, as we mentioned, elegant, fierce, giving fish. Um, so, uh, Eddie Redmayne is, uh, this is a very, um, it's a really tricky performance because, you Mm. know, you have to really play it close to your, close to your, play your cards close to your vest and not give too much away. And, you know, these are both Academy Award winning actors. And so I think that, you know, it's really great, um, as, you know, anyone who enjoys acting will, enjoy getting to watch them play these cat and mouse scenes as the film goes on and as Chastain gradually starts to suspect that Redmayne um, might be behind these these things that are happening at the hospital. Um, you know, they have these these great kind of like showdown scenes where they just give each other nothing. Mm-hmm, they just mm-hmm, give each other mm-hmm, nothing mm-hmm. and um, and are just really just doing their their um, their level best to not tip either of their hats, you know, too, too, too easily. Um and you know, in Redmayne, in this is, you know, he 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 is giving you somebody who he's portraying himself as like this sympathetic person. Like we right. see him do a lot of like ostensibly for Chastain, he is a great friend. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. He uh, and he really just throws himself into helping with everything in her life, helping with her girls. Um, you know, and we of course can understand how this is also what an abuser would do is right. you know like find find a, a vulnerable person and then you know sort of ingratiate onto them until they are they need you and then you have all the power Um, or to be so um if if at some point they don't need you anymore to be so outraged and offended that there's like a a violence that right right um so uh, and eddie redmayne also has a breakdown scene in this movie that i feel like could be a meme um, oh yeah, <laughs> because um, if you if you have any if you know yourself to be somebody who ever uses the words I can't mm-hmm. imagine this imagine panel one <laughs> my employer it's time to return to office panel two this gif <laughs> exactly um, yeah this has the ultimate I can't moment um you will never see another 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 i can't moment that reaches the levels of uh intensity that this one does um this did remind me a little bit of law and order um you know it's very much a crime procedural mm. even though it's not you know in this the detectives are not the protagonist the protagonist is a, a, a nurse but um apropos of, of nothing about the plot in particular i'll say that there is an episode of law and order i think it's svu where jane krakowski stay with me Jane Krakowski um, plays um, a nurse who is accused of killing um, dozens and dozens of patients and um, and it turns out that she had some sort of like mommy issue and she was like Mm. taking it out on these women these female patients and I remember at the end the last words of the episode are like Marishka Hargitay being like you know what were their 
you know, like Jane Krakowski, like just in the final moments, it's like, oh, there were hundreds, there were dozens, hundreds even. And Mershka's like, uh, what, what, what were their names? And Jane Krakowski goes, oh, they were all called mommy. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it's very likely that this was, yeah. that was pulled from the same case. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like timeline wise, I think that checks out. Um, mm-hmm. If this was happening in the press in like 2003, that was probably like a 2003, 2004 episode. I think um, I think it also is giving you um, Law and Order vibes because the 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 one detective who I can't think of the actor's name he's from the Americans yeah um, um, uh, Noah Emmerich yes thank you gives Lenny Briscoe um, uh, uh-huh. you know with the long coat the sort of like yeah. shaped head yeah uh, <laughs> shaped head <laughs> he's, he's, he's Orbach esque <laughs> you know he's got a Briscoe shaped head yeah yeah uh-huh. um, it also you know. Another level of disappointment, um, but yeah, there's a lot of corruption. There's a lot of, um, and I would say that the police work is not the highlight mm. of this. Um, again, I you know I said it before, but nobody takes notes, <laughs> which I found very confusing. It's like fine, you don't have a computer, but I think that you see that in every every cop movie made before computers, you see a notepad, and they if they say a chemical name or they write that down, right, sure. they write down the names of people. Not once, not once. I don't know. Yeah, and it'd be like one an thing if they showed them with like a recording device or something. Like if they show them like click record, right? Okay, sure. Let's, let's, so tell me what you know. Um, but yeah, no, it seemed like they're, they're being given like vital information, names, and they're just like uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this movie also has um, one of my personal favorite tropes, which is. Um, a villainous bureaucrat named Linda. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Trust no Linda. No, no. Yeah, Trust this, no Linda. Linda's, Linda um, really bears the brunt mm-hmm. of the responsibility here. She um, does, she does. And she gets yelled at by one of the cops. Oh, yeah. Tense. Uh, I mean, this was the true horror movie of the week. Mm-hmm. Right, all three of these movies um, that we're talking about right now have, um, are, are, have moments of, of great intensity um and uh but but in terms of you know an on-screen violence this is the least violent of the three um mm-hmm. but uh but it is the most um yeah probably the most Terrifying. yeah just disturbing and, and unsettling mm-hmm. what do you uh uh-huh, well i mean there's it's also there's very little score in this movie right right there's like ominous tones which also makes it feel like a procedural there's just tones <laughs> Um, there are tones here and there, but for the most part, there's just like not a sound. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just like in these like empty hospital corridors. I mean, it feels very early 2000s. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Everything looks like a parking garage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm leaning consume plus ish mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. this one because mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, it's well made, um, it's well acted. I don't know in terms of like, I mean, it's a true crime story. I don't know how any of the victims' families feel about the story being made in this way, right. which is a subject we're all kind of having right now um, on account of the Dahmer show on Netflix and all the controversy around the victims' families. Right. So I don't know how the victims' families feel about this film. Um, but yeah, it's very well done. The story is not, I mean, it feels like vaguely anti, I was saying anti-hospital, um, sure. Which, you know, it, which is tricky because I mean, we've obviously had a lot of backlash against the medical establishment in the last few years. It's come from a right. very bad kind of, you know, groundless place. So I feel like this movie could get in the wrong hands and be like, exactly. <laughs> Not of only course. are harbor- hospitals lying, they're harboring murderers, you know. 
Um, so, uh, so yeah, I don't really know what the movie is out to do or accomplish aside from just like tell like a fucked up true crime story and then give two. Show the heroism of, um, Jessica Chastain's character. Right. Bounding up that those stairs. person. Couldn't believe it. Put it all on the line to Put save. Put it on the line. So, uh, I mean, it's, I think it's a good story of like, see something, say something. Oh. Um, cause if you don't, who knows yeah, what well, could happen. If you don't, then we, then, then it keeps going. And because nobody stopped him. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I feel the same way. Consume plus, I, like, I want to say binge it also because I feel like it's. I feel like it was really well done in that I felt like there was just, and yeah, just an like an elephant on me for two hours. And and I think that's hard. I don't know. Mm. I um. I'm not one that usually will like look at my phone out of anxiety, uh-huh. uh, but this time I definitely there was a period of time where I'm like I need a I need a break from this. This is so hard to watch, and, and I'm I'm so uh, in knots about what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in, so in that way, I mean, if a comedy is supposed to make you laugh, <laughs> uh, a, a thriller is supposed to make you feel like you are on the run, then this is yeah. this hits the mark. Um, however, I. I would never want anyone else to watch it for that reason. Oh, I don't no. know. No, I mean, of course, if if you know if you have the capacity, um, but I would never want to watch it again. Uh, it's, it's just too hard. Yeah, it's terrifying. And you know, and it really does. Like, yeah, I mean, anybody, especially if I mean, you know who you are if you have like hospital trauma, which of course right. most people who have histories at hospitals have hospital trauma. Right. So yeah. De- definitely, definitely. Don't would watch avoid this that. if you are sensitive about hospital stuff. Because I will it's, say, it's like a hospital dystopia. I got uh, I got a I got an eyeball when I said binge it um, from <laughs> I got a disapproving look from Seoul when I said binge it. Uh, um, I guess I'll hear about that in the car ride home. Look out! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Would you say send it back? Mm, oh wow! Oof! Ooh, we got a kind of a send it back. Oh. Mm. We really cover the full gamut. <laughs> yeah. Dealer's choice. Oh, wow. Do what you will. Wow! 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 Interesting. Okay, just give me the thumbs up or the thumbs down. Acting. Ooh, okay. I got a mi- I got a middle thumb. Ooh, towards up, towards Ooh, up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's big hospital. She's uh, in the pocket of uh, big hospital. Uh, she's very tiny, so she just fits right in the pocket of big hospital. She did not like that pocket rocket uh, character. <laughs> <laughs> she felt that. that was inappropriate. Um, this movie is on Netflix and it is rated R. The good there. So you're gonna sneeze. No. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm surprised we're going in this order. Um, but the next movie is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. When a group of 20-somethings get stuck in a remote mansion during a hurricane, a party game gone very, very wrong ends with a dead body on the ground and fake friends at every turn as they try to find the killer among them. So Bodies, Bodies, Bodies... Um as many of you probably know, has been out for quite some time. Yes, this isn't um, the newest release. I, not a I new did release. say that earlier. Not a new release. Um, but it is newly available on VOD, mm-hmm. um, which is why I suggested it to Rebecca. Because I I think we talked, like back when we first resu- resumed making the show after our scheduled break, I, th- I remember being like, oh, maybe this movie. Um, and then Scott and I did go see it in the theater, which is an experience that was really special. Um, because maybe you guys have heard, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies feel apparently is widely regarded as the first true Gen Z movie. 
Mm. Um, like this is a movie that Gen Z feels like is actually accurate about them, and uh, which is kind of damning. But um, <laughs> but like we saw, and like Scott and I didn't see it soon after it came out either. We saw it like me like I've been at the theater for a month, and we went on a like a Wednesday night, and it was jam packed, really, with like twenty year olds, mm. and they were dying at every single thing. <laughs> so this movie is is hitting a zeitgeist. Like this movie is tapping into something mm-hmm. um, for the for the kids, and uh, and you know when in they're the future. So it's our it's our duty to, <laughs> to well whichever ones are left to is <laughs> our duty to unpack what the kids like so much about bodies, bodies, bodies. And so like generations of older people for us, we will just speculate without actually asking them. Did you feel like it was very removed from your experience? Did you feel like, oh, you know, I need to turn the subtitles on for this? <laughs> um, no, no. I mean, I, I, I was able to, I, I appreciated, you know, this movie is a very, like, very, very, very heightened, very arch, um, you know, kind of social satire, mm-hmm. social media thriller. Um, so I, I appreciated the way that it, kind of reflected things that maybe I've observed just like just you know just through social media about like kind of like what the overall vibe is of of sort of the, like you know case 20, in point yes yeah so you know vibing vibing um you know like listen <laughs> we're gonna add this to the list of things that you can't say besides on the pod on which the pod. this listen, movie does address we yeah yeah we're pretty vi- explicitly we're vibing on the pod we're done we're vibing on the way the movie talks about the pod in the, in the movie now I'm looking at now I'm giving soul eyes oh no Rolling yeah. my eyes right past you. Yeah, yeah, no, and there's and the, there's a cutout in the wall that just gives you perfect <laughs> view where I can't see her at all. Yeah, I'm breaking um, the fourth wall here. Quite literally. With the this guy look. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So this this movie is one of those kind of like one night from hell mm-hmm, type mm-hmm. movies. Um. You know where as it be, you know it begins with just two girlfriends, um, like romantic girlfriends, um, arriving at a house where their other friends are um, having a party. And, um, and by house, you mean mansion. A mansion. A mansion um, where there are uh, some other friends and various sorts of like boyfriends, romantic interests are there as well. And uh, and we gradually realize, so the, 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 of the two girls in the car, one is played by Amanda Stenberg, and she is the friend who they know. Her name is Sophie in the mm-hmm. film. Um, and then her new girlfriend, um, is named B and she's played by Maria Bakalova, a Academy Award nominated actress from Borat 2, um, who, uh, famously had the scene with Rudy Giuliani that changed the world. Um, this woman's done everything. She has. Uh, so Sophie and B arrive at this party and we're, you know, B is essentially our sort of audience surrogate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because as far as we know, this is just like, oh, cool. Like friends are going to get back together and have a party. Um, but we start to pick up right away that Sophie's arrival is unexpected and arguably unwelcome mm-hmm. um, for many of the other friends. Her reasons that the movie starts to gradually reveal the way this movie doesn't really do exposition um, I felt like was really well done. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like the way that it gradually reveals the, as we find out more things about Sophie and her history with this group, um, I feel like it came up organically in the way that it would in this situation. Like if there was a new person who was brought in and it's like, you're trying to just like look around and just like figure out what's happening. Exactly. Right. They really, you know, commit to that point of view yeah. being the, the plus one to this party. Exactly. Exactly. 
so amongst the other actors uh, and characters in this, we have um, the great star of Shiva Baby, <laughs> Rachel Sennett, as Alice, uh, the podcaster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in oh, just a, I mean, she was so good in Shiva Baby, and she is just as good here. She is a dynamo. She is just <laughs> a, a, a comic genius. She is wonderful. Uh, we also have Chase Suey Wonders as Emma. Uh, we have Pete Davidson as David. And we have Lee Pace as Greg, uh, the much older boyfriend of Alice. Mm-hmm. Um, is it his house? I can't remember. No, it's uh, David's house. That's right. It's David's house. Um, because Pete Davidson gets everything. His uh, family's house. His family's house. Um, so, yeah, so the, the kids are all gathered around and, um, you know, they're sort of like just, you know, doing TikToks and, uh, <laughs> and, um, and, you know, and just getting fucked up and, uh, and just, you know, and just kind of vibing. Oh my God. Um, and, uh, but then they decide to play a game called Bodies, 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 which I was not familiar with. Were you familiar with this game? I was not familiar with it. Um, but I would say that even before the game. Yeah. This group of very rich, mm-hmm. uh, even within that group, there's different levels of how rich they are. But if you're um, judging by the house that you're in, we're talking incredibly rich. And we're li- and yeah. they, they sort of say that Sophie's family is also that kind of rich. And then everyone else is kind of other kind of rich where your parents are professors at a university. Right. Um, so there's kind of th- that angle. There's a, a kind of a weird everyone's high or drunk so there's like weird flirtings going on uh in every which direction every which direction um you can't tell kind of who likes who and who doesn't so even going into the game i think as as from the point of view of the plus one b you already don't know who to trust there is this like great moment right before the game starts where she's just like She's clearly like way more innocent than these folks. Uh, maybe not as familiar with drugs. You know, she's uh, not as rich, and she's just like sitting there eating this chocolate cake, um, which is like a very kind of like childlike thing to do in this environment. And then like after she's been just chewing on it, and they're asking her all these questions about where she's from, they're like, well, you know, there's weed in that, right? And so she's been like just consuming this like weed cake. So there's, everything is like a little off. Yeah. Nothing feels comfortable. And now we go into this game where it's kind of like an Among Us type thing where somebody is the quote unquote murderer. And then people have to figure out the clues. Right. And uh, and then from there, things escalate quite a bit. Um, and uh, in, in terms of sort of animosity and arguments between the group. Um, and, uh, and then things really take a turn when one of them turns up dead. And then, uh, and then all hell breaks loose as the group breaks down into... Uh, you know, arguing over who is the murderer, and uh, and then just everybody's absolute worst comes out, and uh, and yeah, and it leads to complete stark raving madness, and uh, and more more death. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, one of the prominent things I keep hearing about this movie is that none of the characters are likable. Uh, mm. Did you find that to be the case? Let me think. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I would say that's the case. Yeah, 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 but that's fine. Right, yeah. So, so is that fine? I think that that's sort of, you know, I, I kept hearing, um, you know, people being like, oh, well, I don't, like, these were all awful people and I wanted them all to die and I wanted it to happen as huh. quickly as possible. I mean, I think B is pretty sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, you know, um, naturally it's also this mystery, right? So, you know, we are not, 
nobody's uh, free from having a, a guilty guilty scene, um, but I think she ends up being. But that, I mean, that's the thing. In this like twenty four hours, you see not even twenty four, twelve hours. Right. You see just the absolute worst in people. But I could imagine how they they would be likable in other scenarios. <laughs> 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 this isn't really the time to really like be. You know, this is where years of yeah animosity and old gossip and um, yeah. stories come out that are not the best. I but appreciate everybody... you're giving them the benefit of the doubt. Sure, yeah. yeah we're, we're catching them in a tough time. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> granted, they're going through a lot. <laughs> they're, going, they're going through a tough time. Going through a tough time. Go back to our, our clemency description of Alfred Woodard. She's having a she's having a tough time. She's going through a tough time. Um, they're all going through a tough time, and uh, and they all have various sort of um, grievances with one another. Um, in in the in the hallowed tradition, like in this way, it is very much of a piece with like the millions of you know YA coming of age teen movies that we've reviewed over the years. Um, in that, in the sense that it is about that kind of inner psychology of female friendship, of young female friendship, of the the various sorts of just like grudges that they secretly are harboring, the resentments, the envies, like that they all have, like that they all secretly hate each other, essentially. Um, and then all it takes is push to come to shove. And then all of that comes right to the surface. Mm. And then they're all literally murdering each other. Um, so, uh, you know, and I think the actors are all very committed. Very committed. <laughs> Everyone really, really, really goes for it. I think there's also this bit about, like, jumping to conclusions. <laughs> you know, yes. kind of uh, rearing its head a couple of times and leading to some... Um, unfortunate situation unfortunate yeah. and hilarious situations uh-huh. um but a lot of that like incredibly impulsive reactive um misunderstanding not listening to each other like and ending up with uh again hilarious and tragic <laughs> results yes um and then of course lesbian jealousy lesbian jealousy always yeah, yeah. leave deep. space for that golly we'll gotta hold space gotta hold space um yeah there is uh <laughs> there is all of that um, there is, you know, it, 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 it sort of sends up just like the various hallmarks of the generation. There's this sort of like Adderall out generation. Um, you know, there's, there's jokes about, you know, inclusive language and mm-hmm. being triggered and, uh, things like that, which got like just roars of knowing laughter from this young LA audience I was watching it with. And, you know, it just feels like, um, yeah, it just seems to be a really astute satire of the, the various sort of hallmarks of this emerging generation in a way that they are just like, yes, drag us, read us. <laughs> uh, this is this is this is this is sending us. I feel like with the exception of maybe uh, how, you know, it's very specifically about TikTok in some places, I think it, you know, is is a satire of a, of a bit broader of a group. I think you get a, you know, a group of friends together um Get them drunk. Yeah. No, that's part of why the movie works so well is that it has both kind of like micro and macro satire going on that mm-hmm. works. Like, you know, it is things are universal, such as, yeah, class envy and, you know, the complex psychology of, of friendship and lesbian, lesbian jealousy. Um, but then also there are specific things um, that, you know, make it tailored to Gen mm-hmm. Z, like the, right. like the TikTok stuff, like the identity stuff, like mm-hmm. the, um, you know, the, the trigger language, inclusive language parody, like. Um, it's just, it's just the whole thing is just like, it's unpleasant in a way because like these people are so grating and the, and like you were saying, we're seeing everybody just be just grade A assholes the entire time. Um, but like, but it's certainly not boring. Um, what, what do you think was more, I mean, this is a movie that's also very tense. Like, did you find that, I know you said the good nurse was the biggest horror of the three, but like, 
bodies, 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 you know, did you feel like that was less tense? Ooh, I did. Hmm. But I, I mean, I think they do a really great job with the lighting in this film. So the, the power goes out. Right. Um, and so, so much of it is lit by cell phones. Right. Um, and sort of, you know, kind of running around, shaking of a phone, uh, created a lot of tension. You're also, visibility is so limited. Um, but I think the humor cut through it in a way that, um, and it also just feels, it's very horror movie trope, right? In the way it starts out, this relationship, you kind of see the things that are going to be set up to be right. the problems later. So I think there's something about that that is like, oh, it's it's scary, but it's also like, I know that this is very fake. Whereas the other thing is just like, you just watch, you, you know, you know, it's a true story. You're watching these like real life people go through the just unimaginable terror. Right. Yeah, no, it's true. And it does have that kind of, you know, there, there's the, the farcical, hyper-extreme comedy sense of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there, obviously there's no, not even a hint of levity in The Good Nurse. No. Um, no. This one certainly has that. This one also has a hell of a, a, hell of a, a, a punchline at the end, oh. I guess you could say. Um, that kind of underscores Beautiful. the whole thing. And, uh, and then the whole thing kind of snaps into focus and you realize just what's happened. Um, it is, it is incredibly well done. It is incredibly well done. Um... It is, uh, I believe it's a feature directorial debut by a director. Her name is Helena Rain. Um, and boy, what a debut it is. It's also interesting that, you know, this is a film in which the core relationship is a queer relationship, but it, this movie doesn't get talked about. It's a queer movie. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that marks a kind of, you know, like a, a kind of a progress. Yeah. Um, you know, like this movie is not like, oh, it's a gay movie. It's going to play the gay film festivals, and then it's going to, you know, um, only be watched by gay people. Like, it's the anti-bros. It is the anti-bros, exactly, because bros <laughs> could not stop drawing attention to its queerness. Right. And as a result, it kind of, like, did not it alienate mainstream viewers, whereas Bodies, Bodies, Bodies did not draw attention to it. And it was not a hindrance to it because it became, like, a runaway box office hit this summer. Mm. Like, a true, total sleeper hit that's going to be, like, a cult favorite for years to come. And maybe that's the, the real Gen Z-ness of it. Mm, right. There's not, there's not interest in labels. Right. Which I keep um, hearing is what they say. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a binge it for me. Yeah, it's a binge it. Binge it, binge it, binge it. Binge it for me as well. Um, I think the way it blends, it, it doesn't feel like it's written like a bunch of olds about Gen Z. Um, right. In that it balances, you know, again, classic themes of jealousy and... Um, Classism. Yeah, judgment and jumping to conclusions right. about people based on limited or incorrect information <laughs> with with very Gen Z um, attributes as well. I think that yeah. that is just it's such a hard balance. Other way yeah. it becomes this like, hey, kids, yeah. like, you know, let me right. get the lingo. Greetings, fellow youth. Exactly. Well, yeah, and, 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 and what is social media, if not an invitation to continually jump conclusions based on very limited information? Exactly. <laughs> um Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is available to rent um, on Apple, Amazon, uh, Google Play, and it is rated R. Our last movie of the week, oh, this is so short, mm-hmm. is uh, Emily the Criminal. Saddled with student debt and unable to find work, a college graduate becomes involved in a credit card scam, acting as a dummy shopper and buying increasingly risky products with stolen credit cards. This one feels closer to... Good nurse. The good nurse. 
Yeah. I mean, I think all three of these movies are about corruptions of sorts. Like in, you know, in Good Nurse and Emily the Criminal, we have very direct critiques of like oh, the ways that American systems are failing people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, in Good Nurse, it's a healthcare system. In this, it's the economy. Um, whereas Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is about more of like a moral corruption. <laughs> it's depicting more of like a generational right. moral corruption. And I would say the first one in... Uh, in in the good nurse, it's also insurance, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and then it's also in um, in Emily the Criminal, the student loan racket. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> boy, oh boy, this is first and foremost, uh, and I know we'll we'll you know get more into the, the synopsis, but Arby Plaza, this is a showcase for her. She is somebody who just keeps surprising us again and again mm, and again mm. and again. Um, and, you know, we, of course, everyone first fell in love with her as April Ludgate on Parks and Rec. And then for a while she was, you know, kind of only getting offered similar kinds of like kind of like deadpan, sarcastic mm-hmm. comedy roles. Um, but in the last couple of years, she has pushed herself. I mean, not even the last couple of years. I think pretty much right out of Parks and Rec, she was like, I'm done with that. I'm not mm. doing that anymore. I'm going to take dramatic roles. I'm going to take really psychologically complex roles. I'm going to show everybody that I'm not just April Ludgate. And she is, it's working. Yeah, yeah. It's working. Um, And then as we speak, we're literally 20 minutes away from the premiere of The White Lotus Season 2, in which she is a star. Oh, right. Um, So. See you watching the clock. I didn't even realize it was a clock until now. That is indeed a clock. Cool. That's a nice clock. Thank you. Um, But yeah, she, whew. Um, and she still has, of course, like that kind of like that, that kind of like jaded, weary kind of like mm. sarcasm underneath, you know, it's still there as like a shading on her performances, mm-hmm. but the intensity that she brings to this, this particular film, this is a great, to me, this is like a great LA noir. Um, Ooh, interesting. Like, like yeah. The, okay. Yeah. Like this is a, you know, we're watching this, this character, Emily, um, you know, who is just, um, just, um, she's just fucked. She just fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, the economy is not set up to help her succeed. Um, she has um, she had a conviction for a DUI, uh, or no, not a DUI, assault. assault right? Um, yeah, she had a conviction for, and I can't remember what the story was behind that. Uh, but basically, like she had, because of a conviction, she had in her record um, over something that was ultimately not. I mean, of course, it's a judgment call. But you know, <laughs> as you're watching the way she puts it in the movie, it feels mm-hmm. like okay, like. But even if it happens something bad, it's like, well, what do we expect people to do? Like, they still, like, we have to give them a path to move forward. Right, right. Um, because we can't give, deprive them of a path to move forward and then be like, oh, you're leaning on the government to do everything for you. And, you know, and it's like, well, you need to give them a path forward. Um, so in this movie, basically. She got Ant-Man is what basically she got, saying. She got Ant-Man. I'm sorry to say. Um, so, uh, you know, so as we begin the film, we see her going out on a job interview and she gets the inevitable point where, um, she has to disclose her criminal record and then we just see the whole thing sort of just evaporate in front of her. Yeah. Um, and you really see who she is as a, per- as a person, as a character in that first yeah. moment, you kind of know who you're dealing with. Yeah. Even though you maybe aren't prepared for the level of violence that this movie has, mm-hmm. um, you're prepared to know that she's, uh, not going to, not going to take. Now I take it sitting down. Yes. Uh, yeah, that, that is, it is, uh, yes. In the very first scene, yeah, we see sort of the face that Emily is presenting to an interviewer, and then we see her truth emerge 
um, once she is sort of unmasked by the interviewer, who, granted, was a dickhead. No, I mean, it, justifiably. I think, yeah. like, we see time and again um, her get faced with some bullshit and she calls it out. Yeah. There's, in particular, a scene with Gina Gershon. Uh, <laughs> yes. Always good to see Gina Gershon. Um, and watching her and Aubrey Plaza face off was a treat. Um, but... So Emily um, is she, you know, she's she's she has ten like what like seventy thousand dollars in student loan debt mm-hmm. that she has to pay. Um, she is not able to find a job. Uh, she is just being failed by by everything. You know, she's being failed by sort of the predatory student loan um, economy. She's being failed by the job economy. That the is the gig economy that she's the in. The gig economy, the gig economy. Um, you know, she's presented as being somebody who's like in her maybe mid late twenties. Um, you know, so, and, and we know, we hear again and again that, you know, kids coming out of college right now are, I mean, for the last 10 years or so, I mean, who knows for how long have just been like finding fewer and fewer and fewer opportunities from the traditional sort of like the economy as we conceived of it growing up of, you know, just going out and you start your career and you work your way up, whatever. Um, so, um, and then sort of through a roundabout way, um, Emily learns about, uh, uh, sort of a hustle. Uh, in which she can be you know, what's called a, a dummy shopper, uh, in which there are these credit cards that are sort of like fraudulent credit cards, but they are authorized for use um, through some racket I couldn't quite make heads or tails out of. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to believe that that is the thing that they're talking about. And um, so essentially she gets sent out to make a purchase like a, like a flat screen TV, um, and then she has a guy she's working with who is her running the operation. So she'll sort of bring it back to him and then he'll go and like sell it and, you know, make all profit. Cause of course, like they didn't pay for it and they can just sell it for a profit and then she gets a cut. Um, then as the film goes on, these purchases get increasingly, um, extravagant. Um, and with the more extravagant purchases, such as maybe let's say a car, um, then with that comes much greater risk. Um, and, uh, and it's a risk that is realized. I mean, so if we want to rank the tension, because mm-hmm. that is the through, the through line of these movies is like tension. Very, very, very tense movies. I think it goes the good nurse, Emily, the criminal, and then bodies, bodies, bodies. But I mean, it's, it's I would say for one. me, Emily, the criminal criminal was more tense than the good nurse. Mm, like mm. I, good nurse, I was never, I was never. Um, looking at my phone to get away from it. Emily, oh, the, Emily okay. the Criminal, I think I did look at my phone to get away from it because, like, it is... I think she just she just seems so... Um, boy. Because also, like, in this case, like, she is to blame because she is knowingly engaging in a criminal enterprise. Right. So in that way, she feels more, like, hopeless and helpless in a way because, like, she mm. has, like, there's, like, nothing to have her back. Like, she has... She's... she's gone off and she doesn't know you know she, she's jumping she's not sure if there's a net there to catch her right um right. she is just trusting um this this man who runs the operation um and she is trusting her own wits and her ability to, but like but she never knows if it's going to work or not like the scene with the car for instance like that was right. to me far more like oh like than, than anything in the good nurse um it's it's, it's kind of neck and neck for me because it, i think the, there's a part in the good nurse where uh you realize that if that She's played her hand, and if that if that if this doesn't come to a resolution, and the and the police don't do their thing, she's so fucked. Right. Also, she could die at any moment. Yes, that. Too. There's also that, but the, both of these are just like everyone is one slip away from mm-hmm. like basically death. From death. From death. Uh, yeah. Her, Emily's situation keeps escalating uh, around violence. Around you, yeah, she's just getting yeah. in uh, hotter and hotter water. 
and there is a uh, you know in her uh, her relationship uh, with this guy who runs the operation does take a, a turn into the romantic, mm-hmm. um, which I mean I wasn't sure how I felt about you know because the general rule you know it's kind of like oh do we have to bring romance into this can we just like let the story be what it is but I think they did have great chemistry and I thought they were very cute together um, it is, <laughs> you ship uh, it, it is um, Theo, yeah. Ro- Theo Rossi is the actor um, his character named Youssef I think there's a I also kind of wanted to work as friends and I thought that was you know kind of uh, really solid in The Good Nurse that that, that right. was just a friendship but again that was based right. on a true story um, here I sort of thought Maybe the fact that they were getting into a relationship was also adding a level of tension, uh-huh. right? Because then now we're changing the stakes in another way, um, in a way kind of like further removing her agency. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, and, you know, this is a movie, this movie is an interesting case study for me because it's a movie where you can see every single beat of it coming from so far away. Mm. But it didn't make it any less gripping for me at all, or any less suspenseful. Even though, like, I know what's gonna, ha- I know what's coming, I know where this is heading, but I still was just like, oh my gosh, just riveted. Um, you know, and there were scenes where I was literally like, you know, when she's about to go like avenge herself on somebody, where I was out loud saying, "Fuck him up, fuck <laughs> him up." Um, like it's it's just yeah, it's it's you know it's the best kind of noir because you know noir is there there is never like a person who's like solely like good or right. pure there's no the Justine character in good nurse wouldn't exist in a noir um because mm-hmm. it has people who are all like morally compromised to varying degrees mm-hmm. and trying to eke out some kind of connection um some kind of win some kind of meaning in the middle of all of this sort of like moral gray and that's what emily the criminal is you know like there's no one in this movie who's like good and righteous even eventually when we we think she's getting her shot at sort of like the brass ring of 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 like the straight world of of like a mm-hmm. of like a of a true opportunity to like be a productive member of society or whatever. We're we are hit in the gut um, with the realization that it's all just one more scam. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And um, that that lays bare another critique uh, of sort of the economy um, and what it forces young people to do mm-hmm. to to supposedly get ahead. Yeah. Um. So. I mean, I don't know. I just fucking love this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, as someone who is always afraid of getting caught sure. for everything, yeah. Um, it, this has been a tough, a tough couple <laughs> days of movies. I'll, I'll say, and that's why maybe I find bodies, bodies, bodies just a, a walk in the park compared to both of these other movies. Um, that's true because no one really lives long enough to get caught in that movie. No. Yeah. <laughs> no fear of getting caught. No fear of getting caught. Uh, no, none. Yeah, yeah. No, this is a this is a movie that is written and directed by a guy named John Patton Ford, uh, I believe, and his is his debut. So this is another in addition to um, Bodies, 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 a, a directing debut. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's just it's just great. And again, Aubrey Plaza. Gosh, what was that film? Did we review it a couple years ago? Um, she had that film that was like very like the meta about like the making of the movie where she played like an actress in the movie and then we see her sort of like unravel on set. I don't think we saw that one for the show. And let me, I'm just like, what was that one called? I mean, of course we all know her as the only reason to watch Happiest Season. Um, <laughs> oh, Black Bear. Black Bear. Uh, she was also just in that movie um, about uh, with Alison Brie where they go oh, to yeah. that uh, Tuscan. Yeah. Was that good? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed I know, it. I it's a uh, kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, kind of ridiculous, but I enjoyed it. I uh, I mean, she she yeah she is, 
she she is just somebody who it's so exciting when you get to watch somebody push themselves and you can see that's her like she is the one doing it she wants to push herself and she keeps pushing herself further and further and further um as an actor and it pays off it's paying mm-hmm. off um with these incredible firecracker performances and uh she and emily criminal and emily the criminal is just to me a, a, a must watch and the movie for me is a complete binge it Ooh. um I would say consume plus binge light. Um, But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really, it feels like a very small movie. It feels like it would have been, if we were still in like the blockbuster days, almost like a straight to DVD. Um, But there were some. It has a B movie feel. It has a B movie feel. And and I think that is that, like, it has a very, the things you can do in LA with a small budget, I think is really uh, impressive. But uh, but that just, that just makes it, it doesn't feel cheap. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just feels small. Um, <laughs> but that also give, you know creates a lot of space for the acting and the story, which are both A+. Plus. Yeah. It doesn't feel cheap. It just feels small. Right. Yeah. Um, Emily the Criminal is available to rent on Apple, Amazon, and Google Play movies, uh, and it is rated R. Well, Jason, <laughs> do you have Metamucil in this house? Is that the uh, one for a cold? We will send out for it. Um Thank you so much. Thank you for letting me come into your house. Oh my god, <laughs> guys! I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna let this one down. No, this is all. Um, <laughs> we're recording this on Sunday, October thirtieth. <laughs> yes, let the record just so show. everyone knows what's going on, um, so I can send this to my boss when I call in sick tomorrow. Oh my god! Um, oh. But thank you so much, uh, friends, for listening. Um, be sure to subscribe and next time we'll come back to you from at least uh, a couple of hundred miles away <laughs> so you can't be trusted oh my gosh guys thank you what are we gonna do alright <laughs> thank you for listening we love you love you bye bye binging on movies with Rebecca and Jason you made it to the end that's amazing there, there goes, goes the, the binge, binge.